This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, And we have two special guests in the studio with us today, TSO horn player Emily Price-Dietz and WGTE TV producer Courtney Clark. Welcome to our return panelists. Welcome to the two of you. Well, we're having a, a, a program today that is inspired by a concert that's happening this Saturday at the Stranahan Theater. It's at 8 o'clock p.m., and this is Pixar in concert. We all know what Pixar is, right? Yeah, the animation mm-hmm, studio. Mm-hmm. So we're having a little Pixar palooza today to sort of get geared up for this program. Before we do that, uh, maybe Zach or Merwin, you want to take the lead and just tell us w- what's happening in this concert. So this is uh, uh, yet another of these great movie play-along projects. So, you know, I think we've gotten really um, excited about these the last couple of years. Uh, it started all the way back with, I think, Wizard of Oz, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago, Merwin? Yeah, I would say at least six. There was Wizard of Oz, then there was, after that, was it Singing in the Rain? The Singing in the Rain. And then uh, we did the... Um, West Side Story, I yeah. know. West Side fun. Story, and then... Um, Nightmare Before Nightmare Christmas. Before Christmas was before that, and then... Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Now, has everybody here seen a Pixar movie? Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Can, uh, can you name your favorite of the Pixar films that you've seen? Let's just go around the panel. Hot take, Merwin, what's your favorite? My favorite is Up, um, definitely. Yeah. What do you say, Emily? I would say the Toy Story movies. Yeah? Yeah. If you had to pick one of those, which would it be? Oh, probably the first one. Yeah. Okay, Zach. I'd say Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah. I like the way that you say it, Ratatouille. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Good. It, it was one of those movies that just made me so hungry at the time <laughs> I was out of there. Courtney, how about you? I'm going to go with Inside Out. Inside Out, yeah. No, that's a top three for me. I love that one. Now, all of these films are going to be uh, excerpted in the uh, program that's happening on Saturday. I, I've got a whole list here, but Merwin, you added a couple to them. We're also going to see The Incredibles and Cars and Finding Nemo and WALL-E, A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., are there any others besides the ones that we mentioned? Well, yes, it's been updated to include Coco, and I think, uh, I think, I don't think Toy Story four makes it in, but Toy yeah. Story three definitely does. I think oh. both The Incredibles and Incredibles two have have scenes in there. So yeah, yeah this cool. is a different project though. Typically, we take a movie from the beginning to the end. This is the first time we've done one of these sort of greatest hits. Yeah. Um, so anybody who's seen a Pixar movie knows that they balance the kind of the, what's good for the kids, what's good for the parents. There's a really, um, I think, a, a, a great talent in the writing. It's it's comedic for everybody. Um, and the music has always been really, really solid. So I think that you know, this is a great opportunity just to watch great moments from these movies and, and enjoy them all over. So these are clips, we should make clear. <laughs> We're not asking people to sit through all of these movies. This is a 14-hour concert. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievably difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no overtime. It's very interesting. <laughs> well, I, uh, you remember our uh, Toledo Symphony Lab Youth Advisory Council from a couple of podcasts ago when they talked about what's going to happen over the next 75 years, predicting the future. was a lot of fun. I also uh, talked to them about Pixar and asked them some of the questions I've asked you, uh, what movies they've seen, what are their favorites, et cetera, et cetera. This one a little bit shorter than the last feature, but let's spend a couple of minutes and listen to what they had to say. Hey guys, how many of you have seen a Pixar movie? Raise your hand. Me. 
Moby or I have. Can you each tell me one Pixar movie you've seen, Kai? What? Tell me one Pixar movie you've seen. Um, The Incredibles 1 and 2. Good. Mira, what's your favorite Pixar movie? Uh, Incredibles. The Incredibles. Oh! Gracie, what about you? What's your favorite Pixar movie? Black Panther. Black Panther? (laughs) 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 I clean out my ears. That's not a Pixar movie. I know, it's it's Marvel Universe. Your dad is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. How do do you feel about that? Your dad is almost an Avenger. He's like the violin Avenger. Yeah, he says he is. He is. (laughs) Excellent. So, Gracie, you like Rapunzel, right? Rapunzel! Rapunzel. And, and Brenda, what's your favorite Pixar movie that you've seen? Did you like The Incredibles? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like Up? Oh, yeah, I love Up. It's my up favorite. is a good one. Yeah. Let's talk about the music in The Incredibles. Did you like the music in that movie? Yes. Yeah, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't make you feel to watch that movie and listen to the music. Happy. Made you happy? Yeah. Did you get happy listening to the music, Kai? Yes. What do you think, Mary? Yes. Do you remember? The, do, you, do you like the music in the in that movie? Uh, I like lot. I like that music a lot. I just don't want to sing it. Oh, you don't want to sing it? Well, we won't make you sing the Incredibles music. I can't. I don't remember it. I'm busted. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! Mini, mini, lemon squeezy. Um, mini, mini, lemon squeezy. That's my new nickname. <laughs> Well, you know the symphony's doing a concert of music from Pixar movies, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going. Are you guys going to dress up as characters from your favorite Pixar movies when you go? Uh, do you know what? I oh, want. Hang on. Hang on. In the second, on. In the second Incredibles, <laughs> I kind of got scared in the second Incredibles. You got scared First in the second one? First I got one? scared. Hey. What, what part Can I scared you, Mira? Uh, the, like the creepy, like, I think. No. The creepy eye thing? No. Were there creepy eyes? Yeah. Oh, the goggles? No. That would be scary. Yeah, because they, they were bad. Yeah. yeah, they got hypnotized, but... but it's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> got a little out of control at the wow. end. Everybody loves their kids. <laughs> Okay. Okay, see you everybody. I'm gonna go get some coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just wanna stop now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Such shrinking violets. You could tell they were getting a little tired at the end when it uh, yes. we got all their sillies out. Those are our kids. Not yeah. on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should mention uh, those were, uh, that was uh, Merwin's son, Kai, he's seven years old. That was Felicia's daughter, Mira, she's five years old. Zach's daughter, Gracie, four and a half. 
and my daughter Brenda, eight years old, our Toledo Symphony Lab Youth Advisory Council. Emily, if I'd have known, you know, that uh, you were going to be here, I would have invited your kids. Maybe, That's maybe okay. They can, can, yeah, I can. Uh, they can join us at a later date. <laughs> yeah. They would love to. Well, that was kind of fun, just to get, you know, a little bit of the kids' perspective. Um, Emily, talk a little bit about your experience with Pixar because you know you have young children obviously you've seen some of these movies yeah yeah I mean some of them like the Cars movies became a fixture in our house for a couple years when my son was little I mean uh, you couldn't walk through the grocery store without you know so many Cars products (laughs) and he wanted them all and it was a constant struggle Uh, and the movie we just had on all the time when we did long drives you know he'd watch portions of it I could quote you know (laughs) bits of it now I probably can't because it's been a few years Um, so it was just on all the time and um, but the first ones I saw before I had kids I mean they when did Pixar start making movies mid 90s yeah Yeah. so I remember seeing Toy Story back in the day Uh, we we don't want to date you you know (laughs) (laughs) As somebody who only takes their kids to see the movies. Courtney, I know you, I mean, you're of a generation that these movies came out when you were a- about the age of some of our kids. I mean, what, yeah. uh, what was your experience? Well, I mean, I remember going and seeing Toy Story in theaters as, um, as a young kid. And I remember going home and like we'd play like experiments to see if our toys would come to life. Like we would set up tape recorders and come back and check and see if there was noise from our toys moving around. Wow, you were um, into production all the way back then. <laughs> yeah. Little, little tape cassette recorders, yeah. It's a little creepy, though. <laughs> yeah, what would you yeah. have done if you saw them come to life? I don't know. Yeah. We didn't think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were just curious. But, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, going and seeing, uh, like, Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. And I'm always a very emotional person whenever I'm mm. watching movies of any kind. So there's, like, if it's Pixar, there's a 95% chance that I've cried watching the movie. Mm. Yeah. So Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., I remember seeing those as kids and just, like, sobbing in the theater because oh. <laughs> it's just, like, the kind of kid that I was and yeah. adult that I am. And the kind of movies they are. Yeah. 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 Well, and also, very importantly, how the music is used mm-hmm. in those movies. Courtney, you talk about your experiment when you were young. I have an experiment that I want to play with all of us here, which is based on a YouTube video called How Pixar Uses Music to Make You Cry. Have you seen this video? I know the symphony actually shared this video, and that's where I I stole it from and the idea for uh, today. Talking about how Pixar uses music in the films, uh, underscoring, let's say, a sad scene, right? The idea being that you don't use overtly sad music. You use music that either is reminiscent of a happier tune earlier on, or you use something that contrasts in some way what's actually happening on the screen that makes it more effective, right? So I have an experiment I want to play here. I found a uh, William Butler Yeats poem called When You Are Old. I don't know if you've heard this poem before, but I have a nice little uh, uh, public domain recording here of somebody reading it, doing a much better job than I ever could. I just want to listen to the first part of this. When you are old and gray and full of sleep, and nodding by the fire. Take down this book, and slowly read, and dream of the soft look your eyes had once, and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace, and loved your beauty with love false or true, but one man loved the pilgrim soul in you, 
and loved the sorrows of your changing face, and bending down beside the glowing bars, murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced among the mountains overhead, and hid his face among a crowd of stars. So it's kind of a sad poem, right? I thought it would be interesting to put two different music beds behind it and see which one is more effective, okay? So one of these I'm calling uh, sad, and the other one is a little bit more hopeful. So let's hear the sad one first and add the poem to it. When you are old and gray and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, Take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true. But one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face and bending down beside the glowing bars, murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced among the mountains overhead and hid his face among a crowd of stars. So that one is, is pretty effective, I would say. It's pretty effective. You want to say something before we hear the other one? No? It's absolutely not a Pixar strategy, though. It made me think <laughs> of like almost like a James Horner soundtrack a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. this particular yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind yeah. of digressing from the whole. No, Pixar. no, no. It abs- no, but I think I think it it speaks to just how consciously and strategically they're using the music. Yeah, let's try it with the other soundtrack. This one is uh, the one that's a little bit more hopeful. When you are old and gray and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true, but one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face. And bending down beside the glowing bars, murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced among the mountains overhead and hid his face among a crowd of stars. Can you hear a difference between the two? I mean, the poem is exactly the same. It's but almost the music like he was speaking it. faster in the second one. I know yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's not true, but it, it just felt that way because that the music has feeling. a faster tempo. Yeah. There, there's one line in there that I thought was quite different based on the two beds. Uh, it was that how many loved your moments of glad grace. Mm-hmm. And glad grace is a good thing. I mean, that's not a depressing thought in any way. Uh, but in the first bed, that's when it almost had like the um, a moonlight sonata rolling chord oh, yeah. uh, effect started right then, and it felt very melancholy. And glad grace seemed to be something that had slipped away. And mm. in the in the second version, um, there were brighter chords happening. 
and it sounded like glad grace was something to be celebrated yeah well it just shows you how music can affect the the spoken word or what's going on particularly in a video scene mm-hmm. it, you have anything you want to add about that Merwin? well i was thinking how in the first um the first presentation it felt like if you were closing your eyes and you were envisioning it it felt like you were seeing it in the present day the yeah. person who was you know it's when you are old and then mm. the second one was kind of lit i mean the entire poem is about memory right and the second the second presentation lived in the memory so yeah. it was in the mm. past which of those two do you think was more akin to the the real feeling of the poem i mean obviously it can be taken in different ways looking to the past or looking to the future i mean which of the two do you think resonates more I'm going to go with the second one because, I mean, the first one just felt very, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the first one felt, and kind of what, like what Merwin was saying, I'm very visual too, so if I close my eyes and think about what it looks like to me, the first one is so, you know, melancholy and depressing and black and white and washed out, and the second one feels like um, this very colorful, uplifting kind of montage, like flashback, happy memory, and it's bittersweet because yeah. the the actual poem you know you're still talking about end of life you're still there's still sad things in this poem but it's it's not all bad wow courtney you get a cheer of applause in fact i'm going to bring in our ask the expert music here because um although i'm playing the music after she's already offered her expert opinion <laughs> it's actually still quite counts. but it's it is quite though. funny because like um courtney's uh, always present at our concerts, mm-hmm. and she's uh, she lends such a huge part of the ex- experience to almost all of our concerts, except for this one. <laughs> and <laughs> yet, running. this is the one we choose to bring her in on yeah. to, to well, ask the yeah. expert. It's really funny. But I, I, have, have we said I don't remember if we introduced you as the producer of TSO and HD? No, we just assume that everybody okay. knows what we know. <laughs> Because I know, Courtney, you joined us and Bob Bell for the mm-hmm. program we did about TSO and HD. But, uh, you know, th- this is a, um, a, a curious opportunity since you're the one who puts pictures to symphony music in your videography um, that we're now talking about pairing music performed to a movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. How, when, you're, when you're hearing a piece, I mean, does it... I know that you and Bob spend so much time on call shots and right. what to look at, but... I mean, do you have a sense of how to handle the production differently if it's an, maybe an up-tempo overture versus a, um, a tragic tone poem? Yeah, yeah, I do. I wouldn't say that I can put it into actual musical terms because mm-hmm. I don't know them. But, um, you know, Bob is great at identifying the actual what's going on in the music. And then what I do is very much, I mean, I literally just close my eyes and listen to it with him, and I can see if the camera feels like it should be getting bigger. Should it be mm. moving quickly? Should mm. it be moving slowly? Should it be panning? Should it be, you know, just a static shot? Should we be seeing fingers or should we be seeing face? You know, mm. what's where's the emotion happening visually? Mm. Wow. Mm. I want to go back and talk just briefly about uh, this particular concert because it's a great uh, concert obviously for parents to bring their kids maybe even to introduce them to the wonderful wide world of live symphonic music i was thinking about you know the differences between this experience and something like disney on ice Mm -hmm. for example with disney on ice you get all of this canned music and canned dialogue 
obviously the visual is is what everybody is engaged with seeing you know people doing their ice capades in disney uniforms and disney character outfits but this is a different experience because it's taking something they already know it's it's the the film itself with the appropriate music but done in a symphonic fashion when i think back to the star wars concert that you all did that was a huge success and it was so interesting and fun to hear the orchestra playing and what i found was um extremely gratifying was that the audience was reacting not so much to the pictures on the screen but to the symphony itself and all the applause came after a big symphonic moment you know and people were really engaged with their ears even though it was a movie that you know was full of excitement that everybody loves so again this is a replication of sorts of that sort of experience but i think geared towards a younger crowd obviously maybe you can talk a little bit about that experience well i think I'm going to piggyback a little bit off um, one of Courtney's favorite Pixar movies, Inside Out. We actually chose at one point to do a young people's concert that had that movie a little bit as a touchstone because, and I'm not sure how many people have seen this particular movie, but it's a really wonderful thing to talk about music with because you take the primal emotions and in Pixar, in that Pixar movie, they personify the primal emotions so happiness has a character mm. and disgust has a character and anger has a character and fear and sadness and they thought a lot about how do you reflect emotions in colors or in facial expressions or in gestures and we decided to ap- apply that to a young people's concert how do you reflect those primal emotions in music and I think that when you see this it's almost this like kind of like a masterclass and how how do you take something emotional that you see and reflect it in music and then you just hear just how powerfully a symphonic orchestra can do that yeah anybody else want to weigh in on this uh, experience yeah, I, would, I would say it's emotion and it's also style you know each of these movies has a really different um setting and um artistic style and the music, people, when they're contrasted next to each other, I think people really see that. I mean, the sound world, the the score of um, Toy Story, I mean, gosh, it really owes a lot like to Aaron Copeland. Yeah. And um, then right next to that will be something that sounds like 50s big band. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the, the you know, from The Incredibles. And so the each, each piece kind of sets the stage in this way that maybe non-musicians wouldn't think about while they're watching the movie as much as we would but i think if they hear the things right next to each Mm -hmm. other uh they'll get a sense for just how much it creates the world of the film well the sound world of all those films is so rich Mm -hmm. and so full of different styles as you say in some ways it goes far above and beyond what you get from your typical you know very popular action movie Oh, for sure. score is written for that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. The, the, the Some of those, you could drop a different score into a different movie and yeah. you'd hardly tell the difference. But, yeah. you know, you couldn't swap out, you know. Like for <laughs> Wally, right? I think that was, what, almost 25 minutes without um, dialogue. And uh-huh. it was almost all music and silence. And the silence was incredibly important in yeah. Wally as well. Yeah. But just just how well that, that that particular world was set up. Yeah. Well, I do have a uh, quiz. This is our Pixar quiz. Bring on the quiz music. We are ready. Okay. 
This is a Pixar movie quiz. I think we can probably zip right through this thing. We'll see. Uh, number one, in Toy Story 1, who says to infinity and beyond? Is it Buzz? Is it Buzz and Woody? Is it Buzz, Woody, and Sid? A, B, or C? A. B. Should we say it in unison? <laughs> C. <laughs> yeah. First Toy Story movie, who is Sid? Buzz, Woody, and the Sid. Kid. Sid is a kid who uh, makes uh, yeah. uh, okay. He terrorizes, and he, and he grabs Buzz Lightyear and says mm. to infinity and beyond as he waves him around. Okay, number two. What was the first Pixar film to be released? Was it A Bug's Life? Was it Toy Story 1? Or was it Monsters, Inc.? I'd say it's Toy Story. I think it's, it's Bug's Story. Life. Oh, Toy Story? It's Toy Story okay. 1. Oh, for two. I thought okay. that was applause for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach got one. Number three. Who is the main villain in the first The Incredibles film? The first one. Is it Screen Slaver? Is it Syndrome? Or is it The Underminer? Syndrome. Yeah. Yay! Well, judging from what Kai was saying about uh, The Incredibles, you've, I, I imagine you've seen them a few times. A few Merlin. times. Yeah. Okay, so that oh, one I, goes The Underminer is a great name. <laughs> yeah, totally. Number four. What was Nemo's first appearance in a Pixar film? Was it A, on the cover of a magazine in The Incredibles? Was it B, a stuffed toy in Monsters, Inc.? Or was it C, in a dentist's fish tank in Cars? Which one of those three, A, wow. B, or C? I, I think maybe the fish tank? Mm. Oh. Monsters, Inc.? Yay! Yeah. Is wow. a stuffed animal? Is that what it was? A stuffed toy in <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Wow. Yeah. This is why we bring experts on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number five, two true, one false. This category is animators for the film Ratatouille. Which one of these is false? Number one, they kept pet rats at the studio. Number two, they studied videos of Julia Child. Or number three, they inserted a cameo of Doug the Dog from Up in the film. Which one of those is false? A, B, or C? I uh, said Doug the Dog. Yeah, I was going to say the third one. No. Well, we're all wrong. Julia Child? uh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. They did keep pet rats at the studio so they could Makes study sense. how they moved. Mm-hmm. And and they inserted a cameo of Doug the Dog. They were also working on the film up at the time. It was not yet released. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where the rat, I forget his name, uh, Ratatouille, you know. Remy. Uh, Remy, that's right. Where he came up, again, ask the expert. <laughs> uh, he came up from the sewers, and then there's a dog that barks at him. The shadow of the dog is actually Doug the Dog wow. from up. Okay. Number six, what was the original name of the Pixar film Cars? Was it Route 66? Was it Pacific Coast? Or was it Mother Road, A, B, or C? Ooh, A, a or C? Well, you gotta uh, pick I one. I know, I know. 50-50. Uh, Unless C. they're both wrong. <laughs> that one's wrong. <laughs> a. So you've got Route 66 or Pacific Coast. Somebody said it. I don't know. A. <laughs> Route 66. Number seven. What was the first Pixar movie to feature outtakes during the credits? Was it A Bug's Life? Was it Toy Story 1? Or was it The Incredibles 1? I'd say Toy Bugs Story. Life. I think it's Toy Story. Huh? Not the first Toy Story. They Bugs didn't have it. Yeah. A Bug's yeah. Life. Yeah. Good what's, one. Her, what's her name from Seinfeld? She couldn't keep it together. <laughs> 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 
I hate Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's who they did the cameos in. <laughs> yeah. Here's your bonus question. The letter number combination A113 is hidden in every Pixar movie. What does it refer to? Was it A, the Pixar project's code name while it was still under development? Is it B, the classroom number where animation artists studied in school? Or C, the parking space of Pixar co-founder Steve Jobs? A113, which one of those three? I, I kind of like the parking spot. Mm. I nope. kind of like the uh, code name. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the classroom. <laughs> yeah. It's a classroom where the animators uh, character animation. You can go back study. and edit that so it sounds like I got it right the first time, right? <laughs> no, we don't do that. There's no editing in this show. Okay, well, I mean, did we have a winner? Because that was a... Oh, Pretty I think widespread. Courtney was the winner. Courtney, yeah. I think Courtney. Courtney. Courtney's the expert. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Is there anything that uh, anybody else wants to add about the uh, the concert that's happening this weekend? We talked about Up, and um, there's that moment at the beginning of Up where you talked, Merwin, about moments from Wally that had no dialogue. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing Up at the drive-in uh, theater. Uh, my wife and I had gone for the the second movie, but we watched Up, not knowing what we were in for, and sitting there with our popcorn and uh, watching this movie, I just remember uh, just sobbing and looking at the car next to us, and you know they were wiping their eyes too. Um, and what an interesting way to begin a movie with something so tender, yeah. and that the music was so perfect for. And uh, I don't know if that's on the set list for this weekend, but I really hope it is. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if that particular yeah. uh, piece is, but that, that's, is, yeah. that's something that comes back later in the movie, too. And that's an example, yeah. again, of like in the beginning, there's this music that's sort of happy, you know, talking about the relationship. Yeah. And, and then later it comes back in a different way. But it's the same music, right? So, again, this is that's kind the, light the kind of leitmotif yeah. that is taken in a different uh, direction very effectively. It's incredibly fun to play, this music, I think. Yeah. It's, as, it's as virtuosic a score as as any movie score that we've played and it's so it's so exciting to play and i think i mean and i'm not sure if emily if you you feel the same way but it's it's something that has this really interesting nostalgia trip for me because i think a lot of times when we're we're performing a pops concert you're performing to an audience who wants to share kind of to kind of recreate new memories, but also to kind of relive their old memories, mm. and to be able to do that with this this set of set of scores is exactly you know why I think many of our audience wants to go to pops concerts. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And definitely, parents, if you uh, enjoy the symphony, this is the one to bring your kids to. Yeah. Can I just ask, how do you guys prepare differently? for the fact that this is a movie show versus another Pops performance or versus a Masterworks performance? Um, I mean, I definitely look at my music uh, thinking like, okay, well, this could end up being 
slow or really fast. I gotta, yeah, I know it, have to know it really well because the transitions are going to be really quick. Um, I don't know. How about yeah. you? I think that it's interesting, especially for Pixar. You can, you can kind of find. Oh well, this is going to be the definitive version. You're like, oh, it's going to have to go that fast. Whoa, <laughs> you because know, because you can watch the yeah, movie to catch the tempo. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that a lot of times you're looking for that scene, and then you you're kind of. And I, th- I think it's actually, for me, really, really important to watch the movies, not for musical preparation, but to allow myself to not look at the screen when I'm, mm. when I'm performing. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'll be like desperately That's wanting to... That's the biggest to... piece of preparation. Yeah. Can you see yeah. the yeah. screen where you are? Or you have to like, turn around and look It depends behind. a little bit on the setup, whether they're rear projection or front projection. And, you know, I think... Yeah. He just moves his stand. Yeah. Just, no. <laughs> well, this is, this is going to be at the Stranahan. I know Star Wars was at the Huntington Theater, mm-hmm. which probably is a different setup from what you have going at the Stranahan. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I never thought of that before. You'd be tempted to, to look at the movie screen. So I'd be spending the whole tempted. time looking at the screen. At your peril. At yeah. your peril. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is we'll why miss something. This is why I'm not, you know, <laughs> playing in a symphony. I'd right? also say that it, it seems to me as the non-musician here that um, it would be the it would be the occasion where the conductor would matter less because you're 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 tied into a tempo to line up with the movie, right? But I would imagine it also is a point where the conductor matters more because you have to stay exactly to the movie. I mean, if, if you let any amount of subjectivity in, yeah. you can't catch up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that is that more terrifying? Is that th- less terrifying? Is it comforting? What, I what's think the- in a weird way, um, in a Masterworks concert, a conductor um, is more, it, there's like this constant shaping. And I think in a, in a movie concert, in a way, it's all, the conductor almost needs to be a bit further ahead mm-hmm. of the score. It's not, in the moment it's look out for this this is coming i'm going to set this up so in a way like because a lot of times there's like some sort of regular groove that keeps you going for for the main body of what you're doing it's the transition that's most important Mm -hmm. and that's where you need the conductor so it's almost like air traffic control or something i just i just remember alain trudel saying that um West Side Story was more difficult. He said, "Give me Wagner, give me, give me Bruckner, give me Mahler. They are easier than that." I mean, he yeah. was so um, amazed at how complicated it was to to well, line up. Yeah, We've already established that Emily doesn't have to practice as much for the uh, Wagner <laughs> <laughs> and the, all the other pieces. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Just kidding. Be on my stand. Yeah. So, uh, Courtney, you're a resident expert. You want to throw in one last little nugget of wisdom before we uh, break? Um, I guess I would just add that, so I actually was around at the rehearsals for the Star Wars uh, concert, and Mm. I've been around for a lot of the Masterworks, all of the young peoples, I've been around at a couple pops, and I remember walking past, um, I was walking down the hallway when the Star Wars rehearsal started up, and I heard that first big opening brass, and and I got kind of emotional, honestly, because mm-hmm. I remember watching Star Wars as a kid with my dad. You know, like that was his movie as a kid. So then that Aww. was like. But let's and clarify was, this: that was not in the 1970s. You you saw it like I saw. Well, it was his movie when he was a kid, right? right? Like he was a you know kid and teenager, and then when I was a kid, he made me watch the movies, and so <laughs> I grew up with them. And I remember hearing it, and it was just, it was it was just I can't describe it another way it was just very emotional to hear it live and i wasn't even watching the movie i was walking down the hallway in the opposite direction i wasn't even getting the full effect of it so 
I, I would say that if anybody was on the fence about going to see the Pixar concert, I mean, it's just a very different experience to hear it live. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure some of those sounds from cars will <laughs> make me nostalgic <laughs> for my when my boy was three. I'll, yeah. it'll, I'm sure it'll take Aww. me. I mean, that's what music does, you know? Takes you back. Yeah. yeah absolutely. The concert is happening this weekend, Saturday, October 5th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Stranahan Theater, Pixar in Concert. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or at 419-246-8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media and is generously underwritten by the Rita Barber Kern Foundation in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including both Apple and Google Podcasts. And don't forget, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony in their new season. Visit their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Merwin Sue, Emily Price-Dietz, and Courtney Clark. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.